the explosive new film, Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost, exposes secrets behind the government's takedown of General Michael Flynn. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. He told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. They had to get rid of Flynn. Flynn, Deliver the Truth, Whatever the Cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to SalemNow.com. SalemNow.com. Welcome to another thrill-packed edition of Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. My name is Greg Britton with the Redlands Tea Party Patriots. And as always, almost always, I'm joined by Don Dix, co-host. Joined by Don Dix, chapter leader of Act for America in Corona. Great to be with you, Greg. What a time to be in live. What a time to be involved in politics. Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'm pinching myself to, you know, the, the Republicans won a shutdown confrontation. They, they, they held firm against the Democrats. I go, what's, are these our Republicans? Well, yeah, they, those are those are our Republicans. And I think it speaks to a larger issue that uh, America is not in favor of amnesty anymore. Um, the Democrats finally are bumped up. I think one of the things that happened on Saturday is that you had the mainstream media, New York Times, Bloomberg and the AP that came out with headlines saying that the Democrats had shut down the government. When the Democrats lose the mainstream media, you know it has to be bad. Exactly right. So they 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 put their thumb in the wind. You wanted to see where, where the where the direction of the wind was for this shutdown, and realized Saturday evening, probably sometime Sunday, that uh, this wasn't going to go in their favor for very long, uh, if at all, and realized that okay, um, we we got to end this because we're not going to get the. Uh, enthusiasm from the mainstream media that we thought we would. No, I actually had a small bet on this on Friday that this the Democrats were not going to shut it down because they were on such uh, uh, weak grounds to stage that battle. They're, they're standing up for illegal immigrants versus not paying the troops. Right. And they were going to lose that one. Well, yeah, I mean, the whole idea of uh, so. So your bet was they weren't going to do it at all. I thought you, you, if you're going to cave on Sunday or Monday, you may as well cave on Friday and avoid the embarrassment. But I don't think they knew. I don't think they really had an idea going into this that the cards were going to be so heavily stacked against them. Yeah, maybe they they just counted on the Republicans caving as always. Sometimes you know you see this you see this in military confrontations is that one side just thinks it's so superior and then they launch that attack. For example, Lee's attack on the Pickett's Charge on the final day of Gettysburg, right against the Union prepared front lines. The worst way to attack somebody, and he somehow he thought that he was going to carry the day that way because because his army and his men were just so much better, and it turned out to be a disastrous defeat for them. And maybe the kind of is Schumer just thought that we're so much stronger. We have the media. We're going to beat them. And they didn't. And the other thing they didn't anticipate was, I think, the the Republicans had it a a little bit of their act together on messaging. When when they started floating the hashtag Schumer shutdown, they built a website called SchumerShutdown.com. And on it, it had a lot of memes for people to post on Facebook. It had state-specific memes about how many DACA recipients were going to get amnesty in their state. Um, 
there was a lot that they that that they did that they typically don't do. That sounds almost like an intelligence and uh, political uh, sophistication on the part of the Republicans. What's going on here? Sounds like uh, politics in the Trump era. So the other thing I think we saw is that, you know, in, in the Trump era, I keep using this analogy, is that uh, the one thing about Donald Trump is that uh, we're, we're peeling back the, the tarp that typically covers the dark netherworld of Washington, D.C., the swamp. And we're beginning to see what's really in there. And the reality is, is that America is waking up, I think, finally to the fact, as you've been saying all along, that this this whole DACA thing, the amnesty thing, the, the love affair between the Democratic Party and illegal immigrants is all about votes. And, well, I, and I think America is beginning to finally get that. No, I I see signs that we are we are beginning to we're we're the tide is coming in our favor in the immigration debate. People are understanding what is involved there, and it, and it is just that the Democrats are trying to stack the voting deck with mass legal and illegal immigration, and they don't care about the effects on the American people as long as they end up with political superiority. Yeah, and you had Dick Durbin. He's been a key player in this who said during an impromptu uh, visit, Dick Durbin said that the whole illegal immigration issue regarding these these uh, DACA people, these dreamers, which, by the way, one of the things we'll probably talk about is who are these people and how many people do they encompass? Because I think we're realizing now another thing is that it's not 800,000 people. Oh, no. Not in the, not, not in the Durbin, Graham, Senator Gramnesty. Uh, Bill, right. I mean, it 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 starts with eight hundred thousand, but very quickly it goes to the real number of people. Because the thing is, in the in the DACA bill, it only had date specific people for childhood arrivals, right? But when you remove those brackets, you begin to find out it's way more than a hundred thousand people that have arrived as children. It's estimated at three point six million illegal immigrants arrived as under eighteen. So they see like kids. You, know, you hear these talk about it's the kids, it's the children, right? It, I mean, it's, it's often not. I mean, this may be some. This includes anyone from zero to seventeen years and eleven months. And it's estimated that there are three point six million in that category. The uh, Gramnesty, Durbin, et cetera, et al. Bill in the Senate would not only give them full amnesty with citizenship. It would do the same for their parents. So now we're talking 9 million amnesties. Exactly. Okay. Then the chain migration kicks in. And it's estimated on on average every two legal immigrants bring in seven more under chain migration. So doing the math, take that 9 million just to round it off, that's an additional 31 and a half million immigrants that come in under chain migration and this amnesty bill promoted by the Senate. So a total, so the total over the years, it's not going to happen at once, is going to be 40 million new citizens as a result of that amnesty bill, of which 80% will vote Democrat. Even USA Today, which is definitely not a friend to conservative worldview, USA Today on January 18th finally admitted what the establishment media 
uh, it has been eager to hide. They finally admitted that total that the media touted amnesty for up to 800,000 DACA illegals is actually a dreamer amnesty for 3.6 million. So all of a sudden now you have the the mainstream media that isn't even uh, going along with the Democrat narrative, the, the, the party narrative, the left narrative of who these people are. We're beginning to see. And I think from a message, we talked about how well they messaged during the shutdown. This is the kind of thing the Republican Party needs to message now between now and February 8th, because the Democrats bought themselves three weeks to try and get something like this done. Well, yeah, I, I'm... February 8th is an artificial deadline. It's, I don't think after this experience, I don't think the Democrats are going to shut down the government again for illegal immigrants. Is that even if the, in the polls show that people, people, and they may not know all the facts, want to do something for the DACA illegals. Right. Okay. But in the priority of things, they, they don't support shutting down the government for illegal immigrants. It's a very the, the the DACA issue for most Americans is a very low priority issue. Yep, and certainly for the Republicans, there is no one out there for whom amnesty is a motivating factor in their vote is ever going to vote for a Republican. There's a poll out from Harvard. Uh, it's called the Harvard Harris Poll. It shows a staggering percentage of voters on all ends of the political spectrum are overwhelmingly in favor of an immigration deal that would end chain migration, eliminate the visa lottery, and grant amnesty to DACA recipients. We'll talk about that as well as some other aspects of this immigration conversation that has finally emerged uh, front and center in the political discourse after a message from our sponsor for this half hour. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hey, Larry Elder here. Now, if you're a homeowner thinking about refinancing or you'd like to be a homeowner and aren't sure where to start, call my friend Ed Hoffman at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Rates are great right now, and from what Ed tells me, there are a lot of great opportunities out there in real estate. You need a lender you can count on, and I can vouch for Ed. He'll deal with you straight and advise you like you're part of the family. Just give Ed a call at 855 640 2020. That's 855-640-2020. I know Ed. He's a good guy. He'll talk to you like a friend and won't make you feel like you've just walked into a shark tank. Now's the time to buy or refinance. Give my friend Ed Hoffman a call at Wholesale Capital Corporation. Again, 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. Or visit him online, wccloans.com. 855-640-2020. AM 590, the answer. This is Assemblywoman Melissa Melendez urging you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday afternoon at 4 p.m. on AM 590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire Radio Show, the radio show for the most important political office. You folks, you folks that listen to us, the folks that tune in every week and your neighbors. One of the things that I think is clear going forward here into the midterms is that we've got to get a lot more people engaged in the process of, uh, you know, what's going to unfold during the primaries and what's going to unfold in the uh, general election coming forward. Well, the forward. Democrats and the left, they are motivated. They are stoked with white hot hatred of Donald Trump and they're going to be they're going to be turning out. Yep. And there was just a, a a special election in a state senate district in Wisconsin 
which should give all, which should give everyone on our side, you know, better pay attention to this, is that this is a district that Donald Trump carried by 17% in 2016, and the Democrat won the district in the special election by 9%. Exactly. Now, there may be candidate-specific issues. I, I, I don't know the details of that race, but that's, that's a wake-up call. And our side needs, to, if you want to maintain the draining of the swamp, if you want to maintain what we're doing, you want to keep the good economy, you want to keep the progress against, against Islamic terrorism, you need to turn out. You need to, you need to be as motivated as the other side. You want to keep the progress on a national level of draining the swamp, we have to start focusing on draining our swamp here uh, in the Inland Empire. So we'll get back to that. We'll spend uh, uh, some of the radio show in the second half talking about what we can do here locally. Uh, but this immigration debate has been bubbling up underneath the surface and finally erupted uh, this past week with uh, starting with this uh, bicameral bipartisan meeting at the White House with Donald Trump. Uh, it then uh, segued into the meeting with Two key senators that were actually four there uh, in Donald Trump's office where a proposal was made that didn't even adequately address what the, you know, the Trump administration or the conservatives were looking for. It then erupted into the uh, Schumer uh, running up to the White House with a last minute offer to try to avert a shutdown uh, to extract a deal from Donald Trump. And I guess he was summarily turned down. That was Friday of the shutdown. And now here we are. We've got this we've got this period of time between now and February 8th where McConnell said that he was going to bring something, uh, a debate to the table and try to create some kind of uh, of of a offer that would get passed off to the House. What do you think is going to happen as a result of all that? They can probably put together a majority in the Senate because all, all of the Senate Democrats, all 49 of them, will vote for any amnesty. And we talked about why it's about millions and millions of new Democrat votes are stacking the voting deck. Then you have some Republicans who, almost inexplicable to me, Graham, Gardner, and Flake, that are, that are also for. There's other pro-amnesty Republicans uh, in the Senate, and they may be motivated by business donors. And that's the other side of the immigration equation we haven't talked about yet, is while the Democrats want votes, business donors want the cheaper labor. There was a study done by the, the National Academy of Science released in 2016 that immigration, legal and illegal, reduces the wages of American workers by $500 billion per year. So business interests have very strong reason, economic reasons to want open borders and cheap labor. So it's the combination of those things. So I think there's some, that, that, that some kind of amnesty bill will likely pass the Senate unless there's enough Republicans that just filibuster it. Or the, and one of the things is you would do more, is you would do a proposed amendments. For example, you propose an amendment and chain migration, then which is popular with the people. And you then you see whether the senators want to go on take a vote in favor of chain migration, visa lottery, e-verify. So you, you put these things in, and it's possible that their coalition may fall apart. Is that those as those things get added into the bill, then the bill becomes unpassable because the pro amnesty people don't like it. But I, if I had to bet, you'll get some kind of uh, very pro-amnesty bill will come out of the Senate and then go over to the House. Okay. Where, where there's actually a reasonably decent bill pending is it would grant legal status 
to the approximately 600,000 remaining DACAs, the people that took event were part of the DACA program on Constitution, but, but they applied for it. And in return, and the chain migration and the uh, visa lottery program and uh, the other provisions, including border security, build the wall. Now, during the open meeting, the historic open meeting that happened at the White House between Donald Trump and this bipartisan group of Congre- of uh, House of Representatives and senators, there was a bill that was referred to there. And I'm not exactly sure why we haven't heard more about this. This is a bill originating in the House of Representatives by uh, originally written by Bob Goodlatte and uh, Raul Labrador. Uh, it also uh, includes included uh, some input by Michael McCall and Martha McSally from the uh, Homeland Security Committee. It's called the SAFE Act, Securing America's Future Act, and it addresses four key pillars Uh, They keep getting referred to. The first is to refocus illegal immigration on the skills needed in America. This is this is the so-called merit system. Right. The second thing is to secure the borders. There's a number of things in that. The third pillar is to prevent future illegal immigration via interior enforcement. And then finally, addressing the DACA recipients. I don't know why we haven't heard more about this bill, because I think that for a lot of people on uh, on our side, this goes a long way to addressing the concerns that we have. Even though it includes this half amnesty, so the so the DACA's would not get citizenship under this bill, it's still the uh, still a difficult pill for many of our people to swallow. But Numbers USA, which is one of the leading pro American pro American worker immigration organizations. They support the bill in its present form, although they made clear that if you start stripping off the good stuff off this bill, then they're going to you will lose their support. Right. So to your point, this uh, this quote unquote DACA fix as a part of this bill, uh, it provides legislative legal status. And here's how it re- here's how the summary reads. Individuals who receive deferred action on the basis of being brought to the United States as minors get a three-year renewable legal status, allowing them to work and travel overseas without advanced parole. There is no special path to green card. Recipients may only make use of the existing paths to green cards. What's wrong with that? It's still, well, the only thing that's wrong with it is it still rewards illegal immigration. And what it, what it tells us, everyone is, is get is get yourselves, get your children into the country, and you'll ultimately be allowed to stay. I can live with this because then there's another very important part. It's probably the single most important part, even better, even more important than the wall, is the mandatory e-verify. Right, because you that cuts off the magnet, that cuts off the attraction of of, be, of being an illegal immigrant here. If you can't, if you can't get a work now, if you, if you do the day labor, you hang out in front of uh, the Home Depot or similar place, and you get paid cash. E-verify is not going to affect that. But most most of these people are working in for a regular employer, and the under the law now, they have to see two easily piece, counterfeitable pieces of ID, which they do. They fill out their I nine form, and they're in compliance with the law. But they're treating them as regular W-2 employees. So when you have the E-Verify, that's going to cut that off. Agreed. Mandatory E-Verify also cracks down on sanctuary cities, authorizes the Department of Justice to withhold law enforcement grants 
from sanctuary cities. We're seeing a lot of that now. Even uh, we had uh, our one of our candidates for governor appeared on Tucker Carlson, encouraging the uh, Department of Justice to arrest Javier Javier Becerra over his uh, attempt to uh, fine uh, businesses up to ten thousand dollars, I guess ten thousand and over, if they provide any information to the um, to ICE, if they coordinate anything with ICE, you know, prop, not prop, Senate Bill fifty four, the so called sanctuary city, says you will not cooperate with ICE. Sure. 8 U.S.C. Section 1324, I'm going to read just a part of it. Any person who encourages or induces an alien to come to, enter, or reside in the United States, knowing or in reckless disregard of the fact that such coming to, entry, or residence is or will be in violation of law, is guilty of a felony. That would be mayors, that would be city council people, that would be anybody in the cities that interfere with ICE's ability to do their job. Well, more than that, if you, how about how about letting illegal immigrants into universities? How about giving them jobs? How about giving them welfare benefits? Does any of that encourage them to enter or reside in the United States? Of sure does. It aids and abets illegal immigration. They're guilty of a felony. So there's a lot going on with this immigration issue. We'll be talking about this probably for the next couple of shows until this uh, February 8th artificial deadline. We need to take a break. Real quick break. We'll be back with more on the Unite IE radio show after a break from our sponsor. Ed Hoffman of Wholesale Capital Corporation, the place to go for your real estate lending needs, both residential and commercial. Back after this. Hi, this is Ed Hoffman, president of Wholesale Capital Corporation and host of the main event, which airs every weekend here on AM590, The Answer. I'm proud to be a part of the effort to make America great again, not just by supporting this station and conservative movement, but also by helping people achieve the American dream of homeownership. Whether you're looking to achieve that dream and you need financing, or you already own a home and you're considering refinancing your mortgage in order to lower your payment, shorten your term, or pay off high-interest debt, or if you're over 62 and want to look into that great financing tool known as a reverse mortgage, call me at 855-640-2020. That's 855-640-2020. One last time, toll free day or night, 855-640-2020. I'll give you all your options, answer all your questions, and walk you through the process. And don't forget to listen to my show, The Main Event, Saturdays at 10 a.m. and 9 p.m., Sundays at 8 a.m., right here on AM 590, The Answer. Licensed by the California Bureau of Real Estate Broker License Number 01147747 and California Finance Lenders License Number 603K610. Also licensed in Arizona by the Arizona Department of Financial Institutions. MB number 096199. AM590. The answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, the radio show for the most important political office, that of the private citizen. And of course, in addition, in addition to listening to our show, there is a conference coming up that will help people fulfill the obligations of their most important political office. Every year since 2014, we have held the largest gather, a conference of the largest gathering of conservatives in Southern California. We, I, I, we keep saying that, and I think, that, uh, I think that's a legitimate claim, don't you? Absolutely. Um, now, we say conservatives because there will be a convention coming up in, I think, May. It will be the Republican uh, GOP uh, here in uh, California. The state party is going to hold their conference, their convention in May, first weekend of May. Yeah, there are maybe a, a few conservatives that attend that one. but Well, I attend it. Yeah, okay. You, you attend it sometimes. There you go. <laughs> but Both anyway, of us. Coming up on April 8th. 
a great opportunity to meet your fellow conservatives in the Inland Empire and throughout Southern California. Folks come throughout Southern California. April 8th at the Riverside Convention Center. Uh, Tickets will be going on sale shortly because we have finalized uh, the speaker lineup. And that now includes a keynote speaker that I think everybody in our listening audience knows who it is. And I'll be very excited to to see him and uh, interact with him. Dr. Sebastian Gorka. He's our keynote speaker. Special advisor to the president. Did, spent uh, eight months, I think, is the total inside the White House before uh, he and Steve Bannon were uh, invited to leave. I don't know how all that happened. He doesn't talk much about that. But at any rate, he left the White House and now is uh, uh, spending full time. He's now a uh, Fox News contributor on national security, uh, has his own organization that's working on behalf of the mega agenda and has a, a very great way of silencing the opposition by making it so plainly obvious that they don't know what they're talking about and don't have a legitimate, rational position to stand on. Yeah, and uh, it makes it look easy doing so. But of course, when you, when you argue, when, if you ever get a liberal on the facts and logic... They fall apart. It doesn't last very long. So no. Sebastian Gorka, we've also going to have a panel uh, with Larry Elder, Hugh Hewitt, Dennis Prager, uh, the keynote uh, stalwarts that uh, broadcast throughout the Salem uh, media conglomerate are on our station as well as uh, our sister station over in the L.A. Uh, Orange County area. Uh, so they're going to be there. We're going to have the candidates for governor are going to be there. Um, we also have... Uh, a panel that's going to talk about state-specific issues. And it's going to feature all of the groups throughout Southern, throughout the Inland Empire that are working to make America great, make California great, and, you know, essentially continue the conservative movement here in the Inland Empire. You don't want to miss this conference. It's going to be the best one yet, and the tickets will be going on sale very soon. Stay tuned. Welcome back to the Unite Inland Empire radio program, the show for the most important political office, that of private citizens. And we've been talking about the government shutdown. We've been talking about illegal immigration. We've been talking about the impact of that and what's likely to come out of this conversation. Greg, there was just a lawsuit in California that was settled that apparently is going to give, as of April 1st, illegal immigrants who get a driver's license the right to vote. This is absolutely shocking. Well, it's not. Shocking. Well, I shouldn't say the right no, to vote. No. It's going to register them to vote. Right, and it is, it is in no way shocking. This was exactly what the Democrats intended when they, back when they, when they first passed the driver's license for illegals bill, then follow that up with automatic. Uh, once you, when you register to get your driver's license, that information automatically goes over to the Secretary of State and registers the person to vote, unless the person getting the driver's license specifically opts out. Of that, And they even put a, a provision in the law that says, if you get registered in this manner and you're an illegal immigrant, voting is not a crime. Yeah, this is this is in direct defiance to what both federal and state laws that prevent uh, people who are here illegally from voting and makes it a criminalized penalty. I mean, it's a major it's a major crime. Right. So what? So the, the three liberal organizations sued the state. And then because they won, League of Women Voters was one, right? And there and there's some other, and there were some others. And this is a typical tactic of groups on the left: is they bring a lawsuit against a Democrat-controlled government agency or department, 
And then the Democrat-controlled agency or department reluctantly settles with the liberal activist group on the outside, and then they have a court order to do what the liberal activist group and the government agency really wanted to do, but the law doesn't provide for it. This is just crazy. So, But beginning uh, April 1st, every person who gets a California driver's license will be automatically entitled to vote is the line from the article that was reporting on this. Uh, the law firm Morrison uh, Foster commented on this, that they're very pleased Californians will have easier access to voter registration. Some of this was predicated upon a report that we found out was largely inaccurate, saying that there were some 5 million uh, Californians that were eligible to vote that weren't registered. And I think Election Integrity Project debunked that by finding that they, it was just a matter of the way that voters who hadn't voted were being categorized by the Secretary of State. They were finding that the that, that after a period of time, if you don't vote, you fall out of what's called an active voter status. Right. You can still vote. Now, now you, at that point, you can still vote if you show right. up or someone claiming to you, be you shows up at the polls. That's that's a common tactic. Is they find people, they, they, you can get this and find out whether people have voted or not. That's pub, that's publicly accessible information, or you can see you could purchase that information. You can then find somebody. Well, he, this person hasn't voted in four or six years or more. So the state moves so them the, to so an, an inactive status. Right. So that, so then somebody can show up at the polls or request a, a mail a mail in ballot under that name, and no questions asked. You get it. The other aspect of this is that what these groups did then was they compared the list of active voters to the population in California that is eligible to vote over 18 and said, look, there's a five or seven million person disparity, never checking to see if that part of that population, that group was listed in the inactive. They didn't take the inactive. They only took the active status. And that's the number that they use to pressure this court to say, look, we got 5 million people here that aren't voting. Right. And, and it was, I looked through the settlement agreement in that case. Not a mention of, oh, what should we do about illegal immigrants that aren't legally entitled to vote? How do we, deal, how do we address that situation? Not mentioned. Interesting. And, and where the question I've asked before, where the heck is Jeff Sessions? Right. Why isn't he bringing, when, when Arizona passed a bill to try to help enforce immigration laws, the Obama administration promptly brought legal action to invalidate the law, and the court invalidated most of the law, saying that the immigration is an issue almost entirely reserved to the federal government. Not only- so now you have all the whole series of laws, including this one and a whole bunch of others, that encourage, aid, and abet illegal immigration, and Jeff Sessions has done nothing to challenge a single one of them, and they would fall. And we just, we just had the, the example of uh, California Attorney General Becerra threatening California businesses if they cooperate with the federal agencies and agents in enforcing federal law, they will be prosecuted. That is clearly trying to hinder enforcement of federal law, and that law, probably even in the Ninth Circuit, that law would be held unconstitutional and certainly by the U.S. Supreme Court. Where is Jeff Sessions? Not only, not only where is Jeff Sessions, Donald Trump impaneled something called a, 
a, a group that was out to look at election integrity. Uh, he called it his Election Integrity Commission. I understand that group has been dis- that panel has been disbanded. Like it has been, but supposedly its functions are being carried on elsewhere, but they're not doing anything. Well, that's very unfortunate because uh, I know that part of the reason it was disbanded was because they weren't getting enough states to cooperate with the request for uh, voter information. Shocking. What right. under or under what a reason would a liberal state like California decide? Oh yeah, we'll send you our voter, uh, you know, status. The same by, by the way, the same by the way, the same information that they routinely sell to candidates. Oh sure, yeah, it's all out there. It's available. It's public. But at any rate, um, it's really a shame because one of the people on that uh, uh, panel, a, a very productive attorney Jay Christian Adams in the in the you know voter issue is keenly aware of the fraud that's taking place in California and that would have been a great lever to start pressing on California so not only where is Jeff Sessions where is the result from all of that and I know the election integrity right. project has been very active in working with that uh, panel yeah there's a pending lawsuit now brought by judicial watch I think two right uh, one one having to do with the fact that there are more uh, voters registered than voting age. 144% voter registration in Los Angeles County. Right. So that's Don't for- you love that? I mean, we, we, want, we want people to be involved. We say that every day on the week. Every, every week on this show, we say that. And in Los Angeles County, they're doing it. It's just crazy. How in the world do you get uh, more than 100% of the voting age population in your regi- in your voter registration polls, it's 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 beyond defies logic. So starting in April, we have a, uh, a you know the potential for some brand new voter fraud occurring. Not fraud according to the state, but fraud according to you know every legal definition of who's eligible to vote. You know, I remember t- I remember talking to and I won't mention the person's name, a prominent Inland Empire Republican elected official when this when they when they passed this uh, automatic. Voter registration of everyone who gets a driver's license. This is going to destroy the, the, remem- the remnants of the California Republican Party, and the California Republican Party needs to do something, either a legal challenge and or bring an initiative to get rid of this. Because even in liberal Oregon a few years ago, driver's licenses for illegal immigrants got voted down overwhelmingly. Mm. And the California Republican Party has chosen to do nothing about this existential threat. And now you see it, it, this is exactly what's happening, is exactly what was intended, exactly what was predicted. And unless something is done, there will be, by 2020, 2022, there'll be essentially nothing left of the California Republican Party because they're going to get swamped, even in the remaining districts, by all these new illegal immigrant voters. The other get, thing that's again, 80-20 at least are going to vote for Democrats. The other thing that's getting ready to happen, and we this really gets into the weeds, but starting in, uh, there's there's going to be redistricting that's going to start happening uh, in advance of the presidential election of 2020. That's going to bring in a lot of change to voting districts. So we'll talk about that in uh, and more about some of the races here in the Inland Empire that are going to be key to focus in on here on the Unite Inland Empire program after this word from our sponsor for this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this.
When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. This is Senator Mike Morrell asking you to tune in to Unite IE Radio every Saturday at 4 o'clock on AM 590, The Answer. Welcome back to Unite IE Radio, documented to be the number one conservative talk show radio program in our market, in our time slot. We are absolutely blowing the ratings out on this uh on this time slot so tune in get your friends to tune in it's a great uh, it's a great show we talk about a lot of national level issues and we're going to talk now about some of the races coming up here in southern california that uh, we need to be focused on one of the one of the key races i think is the effort to get chad mays out of uh, our california state legislature yeah unfortunately the republicans either seem to have too many candidates or not or no candidates running in these various races where it's imp- where given their status it's important to have have one candidate so for governor we now have three Travis Allen John Cox and uh, former congressman Doug Osei but there's no prominent republican running for senate why is that i d- <laughs> why didn't Osei decide oh senate let's go after that yeah, he would. He would with a moderate amount of money, a Republican could make it to the second round in in the Senate. Similarly, so what's happening now in Chad Mays' district is you have two Republicans running against him, Gary Jindren and Andrew Kotyuk. and he'll easy for you to say. Both yes. those names are tough, right? And that, uh, and of course, no one's here to contradict me on my on my pronunciation of the names either. It's true. I'm, I'll go with what you said. So. Mays, who will have oodles and oodles of special interest money because he carried their water on cap and trade, which is going to increase our gas prices by 73 cents or more a gallon, is if he, far, if he had one guy running against him, Mays would almost certainly lose. With two, they split the anti-Mays vote, and Mays may pull through. But over here in our, in our district, where I'm in, we have another cap and trader, Mark Steinnorth, who voted for the cap and trade bill. There's no one running. There's no Republican running against him. So you know, we just have, you know, one guy, you know, too bad, you know, Eugene or Kotyuk should move to the 40th district and run there. Do you have to live in the district in order to... In California, for state office, yes, but not for federal. So you could live anywhere. Which is why Maxine Waters doesn't live in the district that she represents. Oh. Yeah, I mean, you could, you could live in Nevada and run for Congress That's in California. Crazy. That is crazy. And I, I, I would assume that... Uh, that you know, some have considered it. So, yes, we have this uh, effort to unseat uh, Chad Mays. We also have an effort in uh, a congressional district out here. Sean Flynn is running against uh, Pete Aguilar. He, he's, I mean, that, this is a D plus 10, D plus 12 district, and he has a, certainly has an uphill fight. Um, I've gotten to know him much better since he ran against Ch- Paul Chabot back in 16. And he drew a lot of activist ire for running against Chabot, but he's really a good guy, and uh, we, I support him, and I think the Redlands Tea Party Patriots are going to, are going to support him, in part because he is the, he's the only Republican running against Pete Aguilar, who 
should have a should have a completely totally safe district, but because Aguilar is a poor candidate and basically pretty lazy, his uh, one of his key, uh, primary claims to fame is he came in second in the Capitol Hill Capitol Hill beer making contest. Wow, that'll get that'll get him some votes, no doubt. Now, I, now, I haven't tried his beer, mind you. Maybe it's great, but but that's that's what he's doing with his time back there. So you haven't taste tested his beer? No. Okay. So that's a that's a very important race. The other important race that uh, we have here in the Inland Empire is for the Assembly District 60, where Sabrina Cervantes last cycle unseated Eric Lender, uh, who ran a very um, inadequate race against her. There's no reason, given the voter makeup of that district, that a Republican should have lost. Right, and uh, she's vulnerable because she voted for the Democrat gas tax increase as some of you and your activist friends in Corona brought to her attention in the 4th of July parade. Yeah, we had a lot of fun there. That was a lot of fun. Just uh, just, just giving her a little little, little bit of a hard time along, uh, along on that issue. As she was, as she was riding in her, in her car, you were walking along on each side handing out leaflets about her voting for the gas tax increase, encouraging people to thank her exactly for the right. higher gas prices. Yep. That is an important race. We have yet to identify a candidate, actually, in that race. So that's another example of what you're saying, how we seem to have multiple candidates in some races and not enough in others. So uh, that's an important race. I thought, Rand- I thought Randy was going to run in that one. Uh, Randy Fox has recently bowed out because he has gotten a position, an offer uh, for a job that's going to take him out of the country. Mm. Unfortunately, talk, 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 talk about running away. No, not to, we're not just leaving the state. We're uh... we're, we're we're leaving the country. Um, so that yeah. So we're still looking for a candidate in that. And um, apparently, uh, speaking of uh, of things people can do, one of the things that uh, we were hoping for was to have two uh, gas tax repeal initiatives on the ballot. Looks like Travis Allen's effort to get a gas tax initiative through a process where he challenged the language, the Supreme Court, the ultimate uh, effort, the the final resting place for the effort to challenge the language of the uh, initiative that he was given by the Attorney General's office rested in the Supreme Court. They upheld the ruling of the lower court, which was to go with the language that the Attorney General offered. Which is basically meaning is that the attorney general of a partisan political office can be as biased as he or she wants to be in describing and in giving a title to the proposed initiative. Because it's their job to give the language for the title and the summary. Right. Whatever they want to do, they can do. Well, note to file, if there's ever a Republican in that position, we need to make sure that they bias any Democratic initiative solely against uh, that with the language. So we, we were left with one gas tax initiative. And we do have a candidate that's challenging uh, out in the uh, uh, desert area that's going to be holding a number of different events throughout the uh, desert area, uh, has gotten permission from gas takes. That would be uh, Ms. Brown. You know her first? Kimberlin. Kimberlin Brown, right. She gave a great speech for Donald Trump at the Republican convention. Right. So she is going to be giving, uh, she's going to be marshalling an effort throughout the uh, desert area in the district that she's running in um, to, she's calling it a signature storm, to gather uh, signatures throughout gas stations uh, in the Coachella Valley 
And uh, that started on January the 22nd on Monday and will continue uh, in an effort to gather signatures for the gas tax. Great way to position her and campaign. She's run, and she's running for Congress out there in 36th District against Raul Ruiz. And this is, this is, this is, this is a close district. And last, my last information, it was an R plus one registration. But Ruiz has won this district overwhelmingly, 10, 20 points or more in the last two elections. And there's no reason why that should be happening. Exactly right. So a uh, little bit of in- misinformation out there about this uh, gas tax initiative that was that is currently gathering signatures. It was uh, started by Carl DeMaio. It's being supported by the Howard Jarvis Taxpayers Association. And uh, there, I, I read reports in the media that said that February 2nd was the deadline. Apparently, that's an artificial deadline created by the campaign because they actually have 150 days to gather signatures. They're trying to front load, get as many signatures as possible right now. Yes, and uh, every, every voluntary sig- there's some paid money, there's some money for paid signature gathering on this one, which is o- almost essential in California. And this is a cons- a state constitutional amendment, so it needs much more. I think the for regular initiative it needs three eighty four or something in that in that yeah, range. Yeah, this needs like five hundred thousand plus. Five, this is like five eighty six, if I recall right. correctly. Yep. Plus, we've seen before is you need a lot more because when if the, if the Democrats don't like the initiative, their people in the various offices are going to be extra extra persnickety in trying to invalidate signatures. Yes. So you probably almost need double exactly the amount. Travis Allen was I was speaking with Travis Allen earlier in the week helping the plan, and this is something to <laughs> be on the lookout for. There's going to be a big Travis Allen event that will unfold here in the Inland Empire over the next. Uh, three or four weeks that's in the planning stages right now but he was saying yes a million signatures for uh this initiative to make sure that it appears in the ballot because they're going to go they're going to do everything that they can to throw out signatures um to make sure it doesn't appear on the ballot right there should be one coming out in the not too distant future to reverse the sanctuary state law so that's that's a good combination of things you should be they should circulate those together so lots coming up, lots of things people can do in order to help. So grab these. Uh, you can go to that website for that gas tax initiative. We'll give this website to you after the break. Go to that website, print out uh, uh, in, uh, initiative forms where you can gather signatures, signature forms, and go to work. Uh, go to your neighbors, go to your friends, and start collecting signatures because this is definitely something that everybody can get involved in. We'll have more on that after our break from our sponsor this half hour. All-Star Collision, the place to take your car when you have an accident because they are truly the kings of rock and roll. Back after this. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. AM590, the answer. Welcome back to the United Inland Empire radio program, the radio show for the most important political office, that of private citizen. And we are encouraging our listeners to help out with the effort to get the gas tax repeal effort on the ballot. Uh, go to the website, knowonthegastax.com. Very simple. It is. And in the, with this one, you can d- download a two-signature petition. 
You don't have to go anywhere, don't have to, and then you fill it out and send it back to them. You can download several of them and maybe you can give them to your neighbors, make sure everybody in your household has signed them, take it to the office, depending on your office. And so you don't need to go anywhere or you can just download it, make copies of it and fill it out appropriately and send it back. Yep. And now, now, now it has to be due, so you got to print this thing two-sided. Because it all has to be on the same page. So it's a two-sided document where you need to print it such that it's on both sides of the paper. Exactly. This is something everybody can do and everybody should do. Because it's a great way to take an issue to folks, no matter what party they're in, no matter what their worldview, uh, most people are going to sign a a repeal effort to repeal the gas tax. Everybody's paying for this gas tax. Democrats, no party preference, Republicans alike should be interested in this. And it's a great way to open up a conversation and begin to get people involved in the process. This is a great crossover issue. People that might not otherwise want to uh, vote for a Republican, all of a sudden, when it's their gas taxes. I mean, Californians love to raise taxes as long as they think somebody else is paying for it. But when it's their own money different story. So this is this is a great potential crossover issue because who was responsible for raising the gas taxes? It's the Democrats. Exactly right. This was mostly a party line vote that occurred. This was uh, SB1, right? Yes. SB1, Senate Bill SB1. One Republican in the state Senate provided the necessary vote. Yep, because he got the promise of money and there were two uh, Democrats in uh, uh Unsecure seats, Sabrina Cervantes and one other Democrat that got money, I think it was uh, Senator Roth, for their areas in, uh, remember, this was supposed to pay for roads. 30% of the money is not going to pay for roads. I mean, right off, right, right off the top, it's for other things. And then of the other money, is is, there, is any of it going to end up going to the roads? I doubt it. It's going to go to all sorts of other things. California costs three times, four times as much no to build them on, on the road. No on the gastax.com. Go there, print this out. There's also a whole list of uh, articles, latest news on this. Do your part to save California. This is the United Inland Empire radio program. We'll be back next week at 4 o'clock and possibly other times throughout the weekend. When you're in an auto accident, you want quality repairs done as fast as possible. All you need is All-Star. For 20 years, CarStar, All-Star Collision, and Corona has delivered quality work and customer service with honesty and integrity. So when the inevitable happens to you, all you need is CarStar, All-Star Collision. 951-279-9161. Mention AM590 and get a free rental car for up to five days or $100 off your repairs. CarStar, All-Star Collision, the kings of wreck and roll. 951-279-9161. Three-star general Michael J. Flynn, head of the Pentagon Intelligence Agency, knew all the government's dirty secrets. He was one of the most respected generals in the military. Flynn knew what the intel world had been up to. He understood its funding. He ordered the first audit of the use of contractors. This set off alarm bells. The explosive new documentary, Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost, and covers the facts behind this scandal. Flynn told the truth. He was the most dangerous person for Donald Trump to hire. I find out the worst enemy that I'm going to face in my life is right here in America. They took my assessment and they wanted me to change it. I was like, I'm not changing it. They had to get rid of Flynn. 
with in-depth interviews, archival footage, and never-before-seen personal records of the man behind the headlines. I just felt like I was drowning. Flynn, deliver the truth, whatever the cost. Available now. Watch it today. Go to salemnow.com, salemnow.com.